Ah, summertime is here, and there's just so much to watch as we transition from the summer to the fall. And we're going to talk about a whole lot of it this week on The More You Nerd as we get into some summer speculation. We'll workshop that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The More You Nerd. And this month, we are taking a little time off, a little time off of deep diving into certain things and deep diving into the future. And this week, we are talking about the future of television, namely because there is, are a lot of TV shows coming along this year There's and into next year. Obscene amount of television. I mean... I know ever since probably Breaking Bad, the the word has been that we are kind of living in the golden age of television. And I think we are. I, I think we are getting some of the best shows in terms of quality, in terms of budget and production. I mean, we're we we are kind of spoiled. Our cups overfloweth, and I am here to only watch about three things because who has time to watch anything now anyway? But <laughs> <laughs> with that said are you watching anything right now let's uh let's i, let's, I am let's i go am easy Miles. Breezy. i was gonna say we're i've got this kind of broken down into three sectiones uh we've got what we're watching what we're currently watching what's on our radar today upcoming mm-hmm. shows that actually have release dates and then upcoming shows that don't have release dates and I might, I kind of, I, I, I kind of sprung this on Miles, so he may not have broken down that way. But <laughs> I, 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 well, I was expecting kind of a, a, I was going to lead into this as like, oh, we're, we're talking nerdy. We're, it's, a, this is easy breezy times. Oh, there's, um, too, but, there's but too, many, easy too many to, shows, uh, Miles. I, I had to get some structure. Oh man, no. Um, well, and and the good thing is we have a lot of probably overlap. Um, I think that I want to. While there are some shows that don't have a, a hard release date, I, I don't want to talk about shows that are still kind of hypothetical. So no uh, Section 31 Star Trek show. No, okay, you know, that um, the list. I didn't think that was even on your radar. Um, you know, no talk be? of the potential. No, I, I, in real no talk, talk of potential Hellraiser show. Honestly, there are a lot of shows on my list, but Star Trek, a lot of Star Trek shows on my list, but Section Thirty One did not make it. Because um, we don't even have an official name, we still don't know if it's a hundred percent on the horizon. Yeah, it's a big question because Michelle Yeoh is busy doing stuff, yes. <laughs> busy doing stuff that uh, isn't Star Trek. But you know, we'll see. So, uh, I, I kind of want Miles. I want to talk a little bit about what I'm watching. But uh, yeah, kind of kind of dive into stuff I've watched over this year, because this has been a phenomenal year of television so far. Things like all of the Disney plus Marvel shows. You've got WandaVision. Yeah, you've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You've got Loki, which may be the best Marvel thing they've ever done, in my opinion. I <laughs> loved that show. I. I have loved 
all three of the Marvel Disney Plus shows, and I really enjoyed Modoc. Modoc was a lot of fun. I started watching Modoc. It didn't grab me. But Modoc isn't. It takes it takes it takes a little time. And for folks that don't know, because Modoc is rarely talked about online, it's on Hulu, not on Disney Plus, and it is a vaguely stop motion animated. Though I think it's actually CG made to look like stop motion animation. That did Robot Chicken are doing it? Yes. Uh, um, uh, and it's it's also you've got Patton Oswalt as the title character who is a. As everyone knows, as a gigantic nerd, a big comic book guy, he appeared in many seasons of um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he just he loves doing these kind of projects. And you can tell how much fun he's having with MODOK. I would love to finish it because like John Hamm plays Iron Man. Like they've got a yeah. pretty ridiculous cast of, of, uh, of characters. Bill Hader's in there. And oh, snap. I didn't even get to Bill Hader. Well, granted, I don't so want to watch Bill the two Hader episodes. Plays a, a, a consistent character, but he also does a cameo of the leader, the, the Hulk villain. <laughs> and, and, the, and his version of the leader is basically his Vincent Price impression. And it's amazing. That's fantastic. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Up uh, beyond Marvel stuff. I, I got to talk about, you know, I, I don't like to play favorites when it comes to to certain things, but HBO and HBO Max are killing it this year. So Mayor of Easttown was phenomenal, uh, a short form drama series i don't know whether they classified it as a mini series or a shortened series or whatever the emmy qualifications are it is fantastic beyond that there is a comedy show well dark comedy tragedy whatever you want to call it drama comedy drama dramedy is a word that i will use but dislike hacks hacks is a show starring gene smart and a a, a new newer comedian named Hannah Einbinder who uh, Gene Smart is a long time stand-up comic like if Joan Rivers kind of level in 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 uh, Vegas but her career is kind of on a downward spiral because she's getting older and she doesn't draw the tickets in as much and uh, Hannah Einbinder plays a character named Ava who is a TV writer uh, who has been fired from her shows for making a an off color joke on Twitter <laughs> and it's and it's the two of them sort of being forced to to come together to kind of revitalize both of their careers and it is phenomenal if it doesn't win almost all of the Emmys this year then I don't know what to say about it there's only one I mean, show. there's a lot of stiff competition for the Emmys this year there's only one show I think that could maybe beat it in the comedy category and that show, honestly, is another one that I'm watching, even though there were only uh, two episodes in so far. Ted Lasso season two. Ted, Ted Lasso, Lasso is, is so good. Great. It's, what a show. I mean, the thing is, I remember when the show was announced and I was excited because one, I love Jason Sudeikis. Yes. I, I've one of my, always been a big fan of his. One of my uh, favorite former, SNL performers. Yeah, and and a, a friend of the show, Kelly Thompson, had mentioned this was several years ago about coming across Sleeping with Other People, that a film that he did with Allison Brie, and I had never seen it. And I watched that. I'm like, why is Jason Sudeikis not leading more comedies? 
And I was also be, being a soccer fan or a football fan. I was really into his Ted Lasso NBC commercials. Yeah. And for, and for folks who don't know, which again, we live on the internet and it's tough to say Ted Lasso, the, the premise of this came from a series of, of NFL commercials and it was NFL on ESPN. No, 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 no. NFL it on was NBC. For, it was for, yeah. When NBC was getting a championship league, championship league soccer. Uh, so, so the, the idea is that Ted Lasso is, you know, a down home country fried football college coach. Football coach? <laughs> yeah. College football coach who is hired to coach an English premier league football team, despite not knowing anything about that. And that, that <laughs> premise takes <laughs> over. Oh yeah. You guys do ties here. <laughs> <laughs> that premise goes over to the show itself. And I don't want, honestly, like I know it's it's on Apple TV Plus and Apple TV Plus is kind of this weird thing that if you're not in the Apple ecosystem, it's hard to, to get a hold of or whatever. It's not that difficult to get a hold of. You can find it. It's like f- you can spend five bucks and watch all of Ted Lasso. But uh, it is. One of the most. Honest. Heart wrenching, but utterly hopeful shows I've ever seen. Is that a yeah, thing to say? It, it is. It's That's, incredible. Is that speaking too much about it? I just like it's so. No, I, I don't. I, I think one thing I've I have always been a big proponent of is the fact that you can have exceptionally dramatic and emotional moments in comedies. I think that's why I get more emotional over stuff that happens in sitcoms than I do actual dramas. Um. Because I, I my 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 viewpoint has always been that that comedies kind of trick you into caring about the characters. Mm. It's something the first one that really I really caught on to that for me was the first season of that 70s show. Because they did a lot of really good drama between the, the teenagers, but they just did it very slowly so that when they have big moments later in the show, they mean something. But it's still a sitcom. Mm. And I've 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 been I've learned about myself that I do I love I love the sitcom, especially coming back and getting all these different services and like, oh, yeah, do you want to watch 12 seasons of the Golden Girls? Why? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and a lot of my live television watching because I've fallen behind on a lot of my CW superhero shows, but I, I keep up with the Goldbergs. I keep up with the Connors. I kept up with Superstore and all three are just fantastic comedies. And all three get very, very dramatic because they have basically tricked you into caring about these people through their comedy. And and I think the best thing that Ted Lasso does is because it's so pure in the way that it delivers its title character, you fall for him so fast because (laughs) it is. And you don't think you're going to sincere. It's so like it's it's so unerringly sincere and that's what makes this show work and you look at it and you think you look at the commercials of the ads and you think this is just going to be a dumb hick character and he's just not and there's so much there again i don't want to say too much because a lot has been said about ted lasso that we don't need to re- repeat but more needs to be more people need to see Ted Lasso because it's just so dang good. It's it's a good show. It, it and this is, it is, is coming excellent. from someone who does not care about sports at all, really. Well, and and my thing about it is, you know, you you made light of it at the at the top of this conversation, but it it is a tough sell to sell people on Apple TV Plus. I know it's only five bucks, and 
honestly, most of their original programming or, or original movies or documentaries are very cool. But for me and a lot of other people, it's been difficult to like continue that subscription just because I don't feel like it consistently fulfilled itself. It's great when Ted Lasso's on or The Servant or the Beastie Boys documentary. Like they've got some really cool stuff and they've got a couple things in the pipeline that I'm really interested in seeing. But I also pay the same amount for Discovery Plus and I get 33 seasons of Drivers, Dine-Ins and Dives. <laughs> yeah, which is the Ted Lasso of cooking shows. Uh, <laughs> it, it absolutely is. <laughs> But again, I, I you know I get app, I, I I got Apple TV Plus free for a year because I got so I bought a device and and I I haven't paid specifically for Apple TV Plus in a while. But I also now get it because of something else that I got. It's it's it, I, it, I get it. I, I it's easy to get I, Apple TV Plus for a lot of folks. It's yeah, it's it's by no means difficult. It's just sometimes I'm like, oh, do I want to spend six bucks? Do I want to do it for a month? Sure. I, I just know that there's also people that even if you mention that particular fruit company, their their hackles rile up and it's like, well, nah, they're just... no longer on the show, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> he's not going to listen to this. <laughs> no, but uh, anyway, I do want to round out one more thing with HBO Max that I'm watching and then I will let you talk because I have kind of dominated this conversation. No. I keep no. talking about how I never have time to watch any shows and I've got like 40 shows that I'm watching. Um, this is not an HBO Max original, but it is airing on HBO Max, and it's also airing on The CW. It is a show that is actually several years old, but one that I have been waiting to see and waiting to see and waiting to see, and that is the What We Do in the Shadows spinoff series, Wellington Paranormal. Yeah, three seasons, and we're just now getting it. <laughs> yeah, finally, finally. We're getting this show and I'm not that far into it because they are airing it week to week. And I, they, I think they've only had four episodes out at the time of this. I think they, they come out. I'm on not going to lie. The delivery of that show is, is infuriating to me. It's I love it. I love it because it is it, it, it does feel a little like the what we do in the shadows movie, I will say, which is the actual New Zealand yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, it, it it feels like that, but on a new zealand tv budget you're you're not going to get a ton of stuff but just there's something about the new zealand accent and the way that they they carry themselves and the way they talk that just really works for shows like this and i'm going to give away a line and i'm not going to do it in a new zealand accent because i'm not good at one but they are describing themselves as uh there's there's a male detective and a female detective and uh, the male detectives talking about how, uh, ah, yeah, my partner here, she's like Scully because she's inquisitive and skeptical and she she puts the work in and she gets the job done. And I'm kind of like Mulder because I'm a man with brown hair. <laughs> it's, just, it's it's lines like that that are just delivered so dryly. It it works so well. I love it. I'm ready. For, and, and, and I think that, they're just giving us all three seasons as one season, which is going to be a little weird, but at uh, least we're finally getting it. So I, I do want to talk about an HBO Max show in just one second, because it's going to bridge, I think, uh, talking about stuff coming down the pike. Um, but I did want to spend a little bit of time and talk about an, uh, 
a Netflix show that just aired its final season, uh, Atypical. I, I don't know if you've seen this, Drew. I've seen the ads for it, but I have not watched the series. It's uh, it's it's a I would not call it a sitcom, but it's de- it's. It's a comedy drama series, which I think is different than being a sitcom. Yeah. And it's uh, just a really uh, well-intentioned and sweet co- uh, comedy that follows uh, Sam, who is a teenager uh, on the spectrum and 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 his family, uh, I'll say. And it's got a, a great cast. Uh, Bridget Lindy Payne, who you may have recently saw in Bill and Ted Face the Music as. That's what I saw. Uh, that's what I saw her from. OK, yeah, she she's been popping up more and more. I'm sorry. They've been popping up more and more. And I, I mean, they are just incredible credible actor and plays the foil to sam who is you know also excellent uh kira gilchrist uh plays him he's been he's been in a couple of movies and and done some some decent roles but this is kind of his big big role um michael rapaport who's been on tv for decades and jennifer jason lee who has been around forever and i just the first season, I mean, I know it got a little, not controversy, but it did get picked on a little bit for not quite uh, landing the mark, especially if you're going to do a show where the main character is on the spectrum. You kind of have to get it right. And starting with the second season, they had more people um, who were on the spectrum involved with the show as cast, crew, and writers. And, and it shows. And honestly, it's a beautiful beautiful sentiment it's a uh, just a really fun show it's infuriating sometimes it's heartbreaking it's heartwarming and everyone delivers just an a plus performance and i highly recommend like if uh, i would have put this even in my comfort foods if we were doing another one of those it's a it's just a really great show that when i'm finished with that i just kind of like you get teary-eyed because you just feel good (laughs) um but to bridge and talk about hbo max uh (laughs) again for uh, upcoming shows and and ending with a show that I I watched recently and absolutely loved was the HBO Max or I guess the HBO original Perry Mason. Mm. I'm a big detective fan and I was gonna this- say, I was gonna say oh really of forgetting that some of our audience may not listen to Cosmic Crit <laughs> right I, and I'm currently I yes in the current season of uh, Cosmic Crit. I am playing a detective character who is a hodgepodge of many, many different uh, noir detectives, but mostly kind of Philip Marlowe, uh, famously Humphrey Bogart from The Big Sleep. And other actors have portrayed him in the future. But for doing Perry Mason, they went back and just kind of, I think, went back to the source material and kind of thought, all right, let's go back to, we're going to place this into the time it was written. So it's in the 30s, 30s LA. And that kind of close to the mid-century LA is such a fascinating time for crime stories. I mean, the the, the Hollywood, I mean, LA Noir did it too uh, uh, 20 years uh, into the future with um, in the 1950s, where that one's set. Um, no, wait, that one's in the 30s too, isn't it? No, it's 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 in the 50s. I think you're right about that. Is, is it the 50s? Okay. Uh, I'll double oh. check. Yeah, it's a time period, especially for detective fiction, that I think is just extremely ripe and showing how Perry Mason becomes. We were both wrong. It was the 40s. 
It was the 40s. Okay. Uh, showing his journey from being basically a private investigator to the lawyer that everyone knows for, for years and years of television is just superb. And uh, Matthew Rise as Perry Mason was phenomenal. John Lithgow comes in, just knocks out of the park, hitting a home run. and As, as he often does. As he does, people forget because he'd spent so long doing comedy that he started off as a serious actor. And he's really, really, really good. And I'm glad to see him get a couple more serious roles recently. And I mean, Tatiana Maslany, I, I think I've said everything I can about her in our Orphan Black episode. <laughs> uh, she's incredible. And this just gives that if you're looking for something that's a good, longstanding mystery, that's you've got a, a, a flawed detective, but trying to do his best, it's. It's just incredible. It's it's extremely witty. Uh, Matthew Rise as Perry Mason is, I would say, definitive for the character. I think he just completely embodies the role that they're trying to do. And I'm I'm so happy that one, it got renewed for a second season, but two, that this show was good to begin with. It counts. Yeah. Have you have you seen it at all, Drew? I so we watched the first episode and I will say that there is content that I have heard doesn't extend beyond the first couple of episodes, but it's, oh, con- I know it's you're talking about. but it's content that we weren't really there for. If that makes sense. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, um, and, and I'm, I'm going to say something and this is not making light of it. Uh, Drew, uh, as, as a lot of parents are, uh, is very sensitive to things, violence depicted towards children on the screen. And the beginning of this show has some pretty horrific violence towards children on the screen. And so, which, you know, let that serve as a trigger warning because it it's it's pretty rough. And yeah. so I, I get you but, kind of being hesitant to go on. But yes, it, we, it is we not have, a recurring yeah, thing on the we, show. We have been been informed that that is sort of where that stops. And yes, you know, that's we may get back to it eventually. It's just we are also watching it. Uh, let's say early 2020. <laughs> so there were other things that we may not yeah. have wanted to uh, may not yeah. have wanted to 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 pay that close attention to. <laughs> I, I get that. So what what is on the near future docket for you, my friend? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Guys, this is going to be a very cool couple of months of TV. August and September are stacked with TV shows, and I'm going to start with one. It is there. There are two. No, literally, there are three that are shows that I cannot wait to watch that launch next week at the time that you're listening to this next. I know week. one, one of them I will say, and I'm going to go in order of both when they come out and how excited I am for them. <laughs> okay. August 11th on Disney plus Marvel. What if the animated, what if series? Mm, yeah. And that that the animation quality looks way better than I expected. The stories look interesting. I'm excited for that. And I can't wait to see that. That is August 11th. August 12th, my birthday. OMG, they are giving me what I want on my birthday with Titans season three on 
Honestly, I'm not sure what it's on. I'm sure it's going to be on it's H- HBO Max. I'm sure it's going to be HBO Max. It may also be DC Universe, but I don't know if they're doing video Mm-mm. anymore. I don't, I don't think they have a video content at all anymore. It's 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 listed as an HBO Max original. Well, that counts. So I, I don't know why I'm so excited for Titans season three when Titans season two disappointed me so much. But. Because I, I like the cast, I think they're I was less in fury with season two as you were but i still thought it had plenty of problems but i i still enjoyed it i i'm hoping they can kind of find their footing because they do a lot of good stuff at certain times and if they just keep that going like all the dick grayson stuff is mostly very good except for that whole part in the well, I don't want to. Oh, well, the, again, that's just bad writing. That's not Dick Grayson's fault. Um, <laughs> most of the Dick Grayson stuff in terms of the the actual character and his development is pretty solid. Um, and on the same day that. Uh, Titans season three, no, I will say this, I will say this, this is mine, Miles. Unless you're not going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about exactly what you think I'm talking about. The. The show that I am most excited for in the world right now, the show that is one of the best of the franchise and absolutely the best of the franchise that's happened in the last 10 years, the birthday present from Paramount Pictures to me this year is Star Trek Lower Decks season two. Yeah, can't wait. I love that show. And the thing that that I that someone reminded me as they were talking about it on another podcast is that remember that this point in the show right now is is still in the original order because this is technically season two. But if you look at animation, it's half season length for animation. So this is really the back half of season one, but it's split up because animation takes so long. So this is this was still written before they're getting a bunch of feedback and fan feedback and all of that stuff. So it is, it's going to be more of the most true season one content. Uh, but going uh, into that it, doesn't matter to me at all because the first season was uh, a superlative. It was that's so what I'm good. Saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I want more of the superlative season one. That's exactly what I'm talking about here. And I, I adore this show. I want this show to be on forever. I tweeted to the creator of the show uh, uh speculation about season three and Wait, I, you tweeted i tweeted at the, yeah where was i i, I, I did i know i <laughs> tweeted i tweeted at him hey you know wouldn't it be great if this character in season two was this and i never got a response because it turns out well uh i was right it was that exact type of character <laughs> that's gonna be in season two and that is i want this i avoided this- most things i think i saw a tv spot watching bar rescue on paramount plus um <laughs> i i I, and, I just like that moment that moment where i guessed what this character was going to be in season two so exactly is is this show is literally made for me it is what i like it's what i love it is it, it has references that I'm really into and characters that I really like, and it's coming out on my birthday and it's for me. And I'm glad that everybody else gets to have it, but I need everybody else to know that the show is for <laughs> me and that I am sharing it with you, even though I had nothing to do with its creation. So, I, I am the, the, uh, I'm, I'm going to the... step in here and say <laughs> so this show is also for me because it's very much my kind of comedy. 
And I like, and this is what makes the show great, is that the characters have arcs. They have a continuing story. It is not reset every week. And they are characters that I have completely fallen in love with. I Beckett Mariner makes me so freaking happy. She's fantastic. I, I love that entire cast. I'm actually upset, honestly, with uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, though, because I still don't have Lower Decks toys. And well, it's been the pandemic. You know, fair enough. <laughs> um, so August 12th is is wild because I'm counting one, two, three, four premieres that are specifically interesting to me. Now, Drew has talked about two of them, Titan Season 3 and Lower Deck Season 2. So I'm going to start off with one that Drew is not going to care about at all nope uh slasher season four uh slasher is a horror anthology series where each season it's basically a different long-form slasher movie and with with the extra episodes i think it's like seven or eight it gives it time to breathe you obviously have more interesting kills and season three had some of the most creative violence i have seen the slasher movie in a very very long time as well as being a really cool mystery story this and is a so, show uh, for you i can i can tell that like like if star trek lower decks is for me the long <laughs> form slasher movie tv show is this on is, know, it on, right? is this on shutter <laughs> oh trust me it, it, well so here's the funny thing is it was on amc or showtime it, it, uh, season three was on netflix and it's been oh it's a canadian show um season four was picked up by shutter yes um it is not the only slasher show we are going to talk about today um but given how good season three was i have high hopes for season four um and on top of that uh this one's gonna be bittersweet august 12th is the eighth and final season premiere of brooklyn 99 which is a, a comedy that needs, I think, no introduction. Um, they have, I think, wisely chosen that maybe this isn't the best time to be doing a goofy show about cops. And so they are going to basically wrap up their, their show. And honestly, I'm happy to see them go out on their own terms. This is a show that was canceled and lived for three more years. So the fact that we're getting a season eight at all is a miracle. Uh, in terms of long-running sitcoms, that is going to be one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is up there. Uh, Andy Samberg just is a gem, as is this entire cast. And if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it, because I, a, lot, a lot of times I'm watching this and I'm like, yeah, in an alternate universe where I became a cop, this is probably me. <laughs> and, that's, it, it, and it's just as uh, a disaster as it sounds. My Miles, Detective Miles, P.I. I don't know that I would work like they're they're Jake Peralta, played by Andy Samberg, will have like races with the the wheelie chairs using <laughs> fire extinguishers as ignition. It, it's stuff like that. And it's it's uh, very, very funny. Um, it's honestly a, a amazing subversive comedy there's a lot of really really intelligent writing and a lot of agency had by uh marginalized peoples in this show it's it's absolutely fantastic and yeah so august 12th is 
a super premiere day. And man, I'm trying to think of what we got coming next. Have you got something, Drew? Oh, baby, do I? Because September is just as stacked as August. Well, maybe slightly less because there's no Star Trek. But coming right out of the gate on September 2nd, what we do in the shadows season three. The one hour premiere. I love this show. Of course, we've talked about it uh, in, in, in recent moments. My Christmas gift for my wife was a what we do in the shadows shirt this past year. The Jackie Daytona shirt. The Jackie Daytona shirt. He's just a regular human bartender. I would like a... uh, the, the the Jackie Daytona episode <laughs> is one of my favorite episodes of television, period. The... I, I want the full length movie that this episode could be. I would watch it. It's amazing. Even the uh, this B, show, even the B plot of the Jackie Daytona episode with with the troll is just it's it's fantastic. Great. And that that and, that show, the what we do in the shadows so far has been a show that has has captured the same feeling of the original film, but is also mm-hmm. its own thing, but it still feels very similar. It's so it's so great. I love it. It's. I have to say, I, it was a show that when it was announced, I was like, Ugh, American version of this. I don't know. I don't know. But then they, did, they, but then they the asked cast, the cast. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, OK. All right. I can I can work with this. First episode was was solid. It was good it, to where I wasn't like, OK, they're not going to ruin it, but I'm still not 100 percent sold. And as the first season goes on, you're like, OK, this this show is is excellent. And at this point, to me, they have surpassed the movie. It's an easy thing to say. It's really easy to say. And part of that is because they they took the movie and they didn't just carbon copy exactly. the movie characters. They created new different characters from the movie. It wasn't the same. It wasn't even the same dynamic between the characters. And Nadia is constantly a mood. Nadia and... is, is maybe the best character on the show. And I say that yeah. as a diehard Matt Berry fan. Yeah, no, I am with you. I feel the exact same way. And if I I live for her calling somebody a donkey, the, the way she pronounces it, because you can just hear like the fangs in her, like the percent fangs in her her mouth, the way she says it, she's fighting against it. It's so freaking funny. And I'm I'm such a big fan of the show. Bat. Yeah, I mean, Matt Berry being good is not a surprise to me. Matt Berry has been consistently amazing. And this is not to uh, dismiss how good he is, but Matt Berry is being the best Matt Berry he can be for (laughs) sure. But Nadia just has this completely different energy. She brings the show that no character had in the original film. Yes. She. They took they took the the uh, the familiar character the of of the 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 vampire familiar character of the original movie and com- a character that has absolutely no agency at all and they just oh it, yeah they inver- Twilight <laughs> they inversed that like. They, they did a complete 180 and that is Nadja as like the oldest, most powerful vampire in the house. It's just. It's an it's amazing. It's, I it's, love it's it. Love it. So, so much. good. Um, I, I want more Reese Darby. 
Um, I want him to pop up <laughs> for any reason. Oh, we're on vacation. New York. Ah, yeah, I, I would be <laughs> fine with that. Any reason to have Reese Darby doing anything is excellent. Supposedly, um, they're still working on Werewolves, the werewolf spinoff of what we yeah, the they've been wor- working on that been for working a on that I mean, for a decade. The thing is, Taika's a little busy now that he's making big movies. He's got this uh, that he's show running. He just did finished wrapping Thor Love and Thunder, and he's apparently doing which I didn't know this until the, uh, yesterday doing Flash Gordon. Well, his Flash Gordon was going to be animated, but now it's there's rumors that now. they're going to be live action. So that's and we'll talk about the movie episode, Miles. No, I know, but I'm just I do want to mention um, I, I'm not going to talk too much of it about it. I'm really excited for Lucifer season six on Netflix. I am very excited. September 13th, because I haven't seen it and maybe I just missed it. I haven't seen any actual trailers for this. I think they've done a teaser. But I don't even know who's cast in this. It, I, I knew this nothing is, about this, this show. This is such a big thing that it seems like they should be be like we're yeah. more than like a, a month and a week away of this show that was in production hell for years. No, yeah, th- this show has gone through stops and starts for about 15 years. And this is sh- this is a show that's only been made several times and with concrete dates to the point where I kind of stopped listening. Yeah. And I this mean, last round, you know, because this this show kind of has to be good. It's based on one of the most beloved comic books of the last 20 years. And. Um, however, that said, it is being put on a network that you wouldn't think of it off the top of your head has an excellent track record and so i'm i'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt i am i am talking of course about why the last man yeah and why the last man about why the last man about a world where uh yorick is his name uh after a pretty cataclysmic event finds that he is the last human male alive and uh mm-hmm. all of the stuff that goes along with that it's a comic that i have wanted to read and we're not going to get the chance to read before september 13th now but uh uh the the one of the showrunners michael green is someone who has uh written on you know a couple of things uh including uh logan blade runner 2049 oh, okay. murder on the orient spreads yeah. american gods uh, so th- they've got some people that, like I said, FX tends to know what they're doing. Legion was excellent. Argo was excellent. And those are both things that when they were announced, I kind of uh, side eyed. Um, but they're pretty, pretty good. And I believe it's I don't know if it's day after, but it's one that is going to be part of the FX on Hulu. Oh, so I think I think it says 1201 Hulu on here. Um I'm guessing it'll be on Hulu pretty, pretty immediately, which is exciting because that's that w- that is how I would want a show like that to be, because I think they know that the audience that's going to go after the show is going to be a little more online than uh, appointment viewing. If I had to guess. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a, a short shout out in September to uh, the season nine premiere of the Goldbergs and the season four premiere of the Connors. I briefly mentioned them before. If you haven't watched either of these shows, I can if you're if Roseanne, the the, the old show was never your cup of tea. The Connors is probably not going to do it for you. Uh, the Goldbergs, however, is one of the most feel good shows about the best decade. And you absolutely should watch it. <laughs> Uh, I so uh, I, I think that's it for September for me. Uh, I'll bounce back then because I got a couple more things. Um, one, it's a Netflix series. I don't know if it's Netflix everywhere or if they're just putting it out in the U.S. It is a British series. Uh, and it'll be season three of it called Sex Education. So, this was a show that I loved the first season. Um, a artist that I love very much has done the music for the show, Ezra Furman. But I kind of bounced out of the second season as as soon as um basically a love triangle situation really started to, to happen seriously i got super frustrated and didn't finish it I, I will say that situation because i'm someone who gets extremely frustrated by love triangles it's, it's a trope i very much dislike it didn't read as a love triangle to me Okay, because there was a uh, an extra layer of manipulation that was involved in that, and maybe that happened after you tuned out. Oh, I, I tuned out as soon as someone's call was uh, erased. Okay, yeah, there's a little more to it than that, but I just okay. I, I might go back to it then because I, I love the first season. But there is other stuff that happens in that season that is that is not happening to those characters. That is maybe more interesting Good. than what I mean, is happening to those characters. I have endearingly when I, when I was following it called it Charlie Bartlett, the show because <laughs> that's pretty much what it is except with sex advice instead of you know, prescription drugs. Yeah. But although there's some of those too. Yeah. There's some of those too. <laughs> I think the cast is phenomenal in this show. Uh, and Julian Anderson is a riot. Julian Anderson is like I, you know, she's doing a British accent, which was novel and different at the time. She's now gone on to play Margaret Thatcher on stuff. So it's like, yeah, she, oh, she's a BBC regular. Yeah, she's I mean, she I forget what it is like. She's like either half British or she lived in England for for growing I think up. She, I think she yeah, she lived in London for a very long time. But that was all, she 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 went she didn't come to the United States until she was like 11 or something. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those situations where it's kind of like a Jack Harkness's actor on Doctor Who, where they spent half their time in Scotland and half their time in L.A. So they have both accents down pretty easily. Um, but moving on from that, and this is going to be a little weird because I don't we don't know the 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 length of these, but it's being treated as a TV series, even though it's going to be a series of shorts. Uh, but September 22nd on Disney Plus, we are getting Star Wars Visions. Is, is that so quickly? Is that is that happening so soon? That is happening very soon, yes. Star the the anime Star Wars? Yeah, because because if you look oh, at the man. if you look at the timing, it's gonna be right after what if finishes. So <laughs> I am so excited about this. It's essentially a, uh, a series of short films by a variety of different anime studios and directors. And it looks like we are getting some really cool variety and some really cool people who are passionate about doing their version of a Star Wars story. And I am 
so excited about this. Yeah. And they and when they announced that it was going to be Star Wars anime, my initial thought was, oh, so they're just going to get some people to make it look like anime. But no, they actually have Mm-mm. anime they got, they directors. Got, they, I think they have some Gynax people on there. Like Gynax, like there's Gynax. There's, I think, Production IG. There's a bunch of a bunch of like actual anime studios working on this. And some of the stuff looks really dope and some of it doesn't look that dope, but some of it looks extremely dope. So I am excited to see uh, what they are going to do with that. And I can't remember if this is one where they're dropping them all in one day or if they're doing them weekly. I wanted to think that Disney, I think, is going to be rolling those out. So that it gives you some time between now and we don't really know their fall slash winter slate yet. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So let, let yeah. me, let's let's round out September. And then we're going to barrel through the rest of the year because that's when things are getting a little nebulous. So rounding well, out that. And I mean, outside of a streaming show, most shows start in, in September to mid-October. Like I'm watching anything that's not a streaming show, Miles. I'm kidding. I, that's fine. I mean, anyway, uh, uh, rounding out September. And this I was not I was kind of amazed is coming this quickly is another Apple TV Plus show. I know. I know. Uh, found Talk, you talking about what I think you're talking about foundation. I'm curious about it. Not sold, but I'm curious. I like I like that. It looks like an expansive sci fi idea. I'm not familiar with the books. I'm not either. So, I'm, I'm I'm not familiar with the books either, other than I know that they are uh, uh, loved, but also fairly dense. <laughs> like they're pretty thick. Yeah. Uh, and that is one of those things where I just I don't know. But what they're showing me in these trailers is looking real good. And as someone who has not read the books, I think that puts me in kind of a better position. Like, I feel like people who have read the books are probably more geared to dislike this. But that's true of anything that's adapted from a book. I yeah. Guess. Uh, yeah. Um, so so there's there's a couple of things in in this 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 year that uh, have have been roughly announced. But again, with COVID production schedules there, they haven't been officially announced. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to do one in December and then we're going to go to the other two that I want to talk about. And then we'll get into these sort of nebulous. When are these things coming out? So we've got in December, December 17th, the Witcher season two. Can't wait. Can't wait. They're also doing a Witcher animated prequel for a character. They're doing uh comes out this month, I think. And I forgot to add that to the list. Oops. I'm only realizing that now. It's okay. I'm probably gonna have to rewatch season one because I I think I know to which because I've read the books. I I know to which point the the series the season ends, but I kind of forgot a lot of things they did and which stories they adapted. It's almost like um, you had an ent- it's almost like that show came out in December of 2019 and you had a very long 2020 to, to not think about it. And 2021. I mean, this is technically coming out two years later. Yeah. So so that that's going to be fun. Uh, so you got a couple of Disney Plus things that have had loose release dates. But yeah, I think I can only think of one thing that has an actual date. So hawkeye yes uh hawkeye starring uh the one and true hawkeye kate bishop absolutely uh uh, that her show finally hawkeye is getting a show her show is is predicted to come out thanksgiving it well the current date is wednesday november 24th okay that that, oh that's right they did that uh that teaser that i haven't watched yet. yeah they had that little that that, the little uh poster teaser uh, the other day 
because uh, to, today they announced the uh, Star Wars Lego Halloween special. Yeah, which <laughs> it looks fun. It no, looks- hey, the Lego holiday special was great. I'm I'm excited to see what they do with Halloween. Oh, 100 uh, percent. But uh, the other one that I want to talk about uh, that the original release date was December. But again, COVID schedules, we don't know if that's actually going to be it because they haven't released the, the actual uh, thing yet. Is the Book of Boba Fett, the, the Star Wars series uh, starring our boy Bubbles Feet, um, Boba Fett? Um, because the, the, the word is that the Book of Boba Fett is going to run, and then Mandalorian Season 3 will happen directly after that. I've heard very little of the production of either show, but it has been a very weird year and a half i have heard that but i i remember i remember when book of boba fett wrapped filming so yeah so i'm assuming i wouldn't be surprised if we get even maybe a very like beginning of the year like january 1st type of situation i'd love it but i'd love it you never know and with that Um, and with that comic-con official lucasfilm poster of of a particular character and another particular very small character doing some very particular things using a very particular energy field. I am, uh, I'm interested in what happens. I think boy, that, um, I couldn't be more nebulous with that, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm really excited for, for Hawkeye. I, I love Haley Steinfeld. I think, uh, she's a fantastic actress and she has been getting her hands into some nerdy stuff. She was spider Gwen. She was the lead in Bumblebee. So, I mean, she has been racking up these roles. And yeah. I mean, she's been doing stuff for years. But I mean, I'm I'm really, really impressed with her as an actress. I think she's fantastic. She's a good singer. I cannot wait to see her as Kate Bishop. And especially with how some things uh, kind of ended up in Black Widow. I'm very curious to see the ramifications of that in Hawkeye. Um, but to, to backpedal a, a little bit, uh, there there is a very, very popular show that is returning after a, I want to say, 25 year absence. And I think I think it's being shown on the right network for the 26 year absence, I think. Uh, the right network for the right audience, because it is not for the original intended audience, it is for people who grew up on this show. And I am talking about the CW's production of Legends of the Hidden Temple. CW is doing a Legends of the Hidden Temple? Oh, yes. Since when? Um, this was announced in May as a competition show for adults. Oh, and that's right. Because we 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 debated. Uh, we talked apply. about trying to go on it. <laughs> I forgot about that. We didn't apply. We should have. We should have. But uh, we didn't apply. I know I've started exercising and everything um, <laughs> for, for, for general health reasons, not for, for a show. Um, but yeah, I, I think I would have, yeah, we we're going to be the blue barracudas miles, the blue barracudas. Uh, not for nothing. I have a friend of mine for a while. They had an official store in the early two thousands and we both bought green monkey shirts that we would wear to, to shows sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, I'm 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 I love a good uh, competition show, like a proper game show. 
And so I'm, I'm excited to, to see what it could be awful. It could be terrible. I'm excited to see what they do and see how they they readapt the game. I, I've i watched some old episodes on, um, <laughs> I think it's the Paramount Plus. Yeah. And it's it's wild. It's wild that that show um the the the, the temple guards i think are a little uh they got to be ca- tense they got to have to be careful in, in 2021 yeah yeah <laughs> i i i concur i i i i'm picking up what you're putting out but no and and the thing is like i mean i remember as, as a lot of times it was like if you showed up at universal studios that day you might be on the show and so you do see a lot of people looking out of sorts and it's very, very funny because I remember trying to get on Double Door Dare uh, when I was, what, six or seven. And on the one time I was I was at Universal in my childhood. I would have loved that. I would have absolutely loved that. So, yeah, it, it's it warms my heart to see something like this. It could be a, a pandering member berries showcase. I don't know, but I'm happy that it exists. If these, <laughs> to be fool, if these fools don't get the silver monkey statue assembled perfectly the very first time, I'm done with that show. I'm Look, done with I, it. I think I think that statue looks better in your memory than you think it does. Because that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing, and we haven't talked a lot about these because, well, usually they kind of just pop up. Um, but almost every streaming service has been very, very good for the documentary genre, and. I got to say, even though I am traditionally not a massive, massive fan of this artist, I respect their work immensely, and I'm really excited about The Beatles Get Back. It's this documentary uh, series that Disney Plus is putting out, and because I think the, the, I think music documentaries are fascinating anyway, I'm a big, you know, pop culture junkie, and even though I don't really, you know, care too, too much for a lot of the Beatles catalog, I'm very interested in the lives and and uh, uh, the actual insight from some of the most influential musicians of all time is, is this in, the in one, at least western culture is this the one where he's in here with with rick rubin so you're thinking of, of the paul mccartney one that's currently on hulu oh forgive me for uh, <laughs> like no, this, no, no, this no. is again this <laughs> is one of those f- things where it feels like a a an armageddon deep impact situation one place has got a documentary that's uh, Rick, producer rick rubin interviewing uh paul mccartney well, directly and the well, others is just what, about what the what beatles what being put together by peter jackson <laughs> i buried the lead there um but the beatles you know, get you, back you know is, you say that you say oh it's being done by peter jackson and peter jackson's a great filmmaker but when it comes to two people talking about music i think i'd rather listen to the uh the rick rubin paul mccartney one but no, no, no peter jackson's not talking about music he is he is compiling a lot of this old footage of the band oh see that's different as, i didn't i didn't catch that part yeah that's, that's so it's basically it's it's it, the, the the documentary itself is going to cover the making of let it be the album uh let it be and so it's doing a lot of material that was filmed when they were doing a, an old document of the album, a lot of collected interviews, a lot of found footage that they've had and not found footage in the horror sense, but a lot of footage that they've come across and cooperation in, in the modern perspective uh, by Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and um, obviously Yoko Ono and Olivia Harrison because John and George are no longer with us. And so there's a lot of cool stuff that is going to be done and it's going to premiere consecutively because I think each episode is supposed to be almost like an hour and a half, uh, November 25th, 6th and 7th. 
And I cannot wait for uh, next year when the extended edition comes out, uh, expanding each episode's length to about four and a half hours. That's going to be fun. That, 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 that does seem to happen to the Beatles quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about it for things that have release dates. And I know our episodes are running a little long here, so we're probably going to blow through some of these. I do want to say there is one show that has a potential release date, but I have not seen anything from that. And it seems like it's a little too close. Amazon Prime's Wheel of Time series is supposed to come out in November. But I can only find one source for that, and I don't know if that's still the case. Well, so we're not out of October yet, because I did promise we were going to talk about another slasher show. And I I could not talk about the upcoming horror television show created by series creator Don Mancini. Chucky. Uh, I knew you were going to talk about this. I was I like, I, I, I almost added it to my list just so I could save you from having to do this. And then it got so long into the episode that it's like, oh, he's forgotten about Chucky. We don't have to talk about Chucky. Oh, we have to talk about he said, Chucky. I'm going to talk about another slasher show. <laughs> um, so this is a, this is a show that honestly, they're just making a long Chucky story. It looks fun. And it's supposed to, uh, I guess, take place after the the seventh film, Cult of Chucky. And the trailer looks like a lot of fun. Brad Dorif, uh, who has voiced Chucky the entire time that Chucky has existed, is a large part as to why this, I think, character has survived and maintained. Because as far as character actors go, Brad Dorif is a king amongst men. He's been in... Star Trek. He's been in almost, I think, every genre show. Uh, he's been in uh, Dune, Blue Velvet, The Exorcist Three. Like he, he's someone. Oh, yeah, he's Worm Tongue in Lord of the Rings. Like he's found himself in everything. And I think that his delivery and the fun he has as Chucky is why this character has endured for so long. Probably and, so. Probably so. Uh, but also, when he pops on shows like, especially like on Star Trek Voyager, he steals the show the entire time he's there. It is a little weird, though, when he pops up, because like he pops up in Star Trek Voyager and I'm like, oh, that guy's that guy's evil. <laughs> That's a bad guy. <laughs> that, 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 that is a problem he has. It's like if Udo Kier is in your movie. Well, I know. I know. I know what's going on now. Uh, he's but... been the murderer all along. <laughs> like. I'm sorry. Did anyone at the Jedi Council even look at Christopher Lee? <laughs> like, like when Cal, when Cal or Dooku walked in, at no one's no one's alarm bells went off and said, "Hmm, well, that's a very Dracula-looking fellow, don't you think?" <laughs> <laughs> that, so, but that but guy looks I, like I, he's I think, he's appeared in some some culturally insensitive movies about a, about people. He also looks like a guy who has hunted nazis in real life which christopher lee did do credit to christopher lee um but yeah so chucky looks like a lot of fun it looks like it takes a lot of elements of the original movies but looks like it's giving everything a chance to breathe and they've they've modernized some of the storytelling because a lot of people are like oh, why does this teenager have a doll and he, he he buys it mostly for like retro reasons as as a lot of people do today and it looks like it's going to be a very gleefully Chucky series. And <laughs> I cannot wait for October 12th. 
I hope they have something lined up for streaming because I do not trust sci-fi alone to let this show live. All right. Well, let's get into shows without release dates. Some of these are going to be coming very soon. Some of these could be into 2023 for all we know. But uh, we talked about Wheel of Time, which may be out in November, may not be out at all. We just saw our first picture of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Amazon's Lord of the Rings featuring Jeff Bezos as a plucky centaur uh, is coming at some point. Wait, really? Uh, no, man, I don't know. I, I, I feel like. I, no, look, the man flew himself to space. I wouldn't put it past him to put himself in a Lord of the Rings show. I <laughs> know he's going to be in the show. I will. I will put good money on Jeff Bezos having a cameo in the Lord of the Rings show on on his own network. But. I don't think he's going to be a plucky centaur. I feel like he's probably going to pull the Stephen Colbert being the barkeep like, all right, here's a flagon hobbit. Uh, it, the Amazon's Lord of the Rings happening at some point. Uh, but yeah, we just got our first photo uh, today. Uh, oh, it looks like they've actually set a date. September 2nd, 2022. Well, there we go. That's that's well into the future. But, you know. That's great. Uh, and if you don't know, this is not an adaptation of the Lord of the Rings trilogy or The Hobbit. It is set in the second sa- second age of Middle-earth, so it's several thousand years before the events of those books, which for me was a big relief because I was like, I don't really need you guys to touch on the the story of the books. I think those are are a well well-worn ground. Yeah, yes, well-worn into the ground, some might say. Um and coming in 2024, the extended edition of Amazon's Lord of the Rings. Now, I'm just kidding. It's, I'm just kidding. That's done. All uh, right. Uh, so some things that we know are. I will turn this podcast right around, Drew. <laughs> some things that we know are definitely, probably, almost certainly coming next year because they have been filming and we just don't have release dates. Mandalorian season three, we already talked about. The Boys season three. They have released cast photos. I don't know if they've wrapped filming yet, but that season is going to be. I think they have wrapped filming. Uh, that that season is going to be wild because of the potential. The potential. I don't even want to say out loud the storyline from the comics that I think they might be adapting here. Um, it, they they apparently are going to be doing that. I don't know if it's this season or the next. Um. But yeah, and this is a this is a family friend. That was not. It's a PG-13 podcast, and we're not going to say that title. I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about, Drew. Um, I want to talk about. <laughs> Here, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll tell it like this, uh, because it's often mispronounced this way. Heroganisms. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is a show that we are apparently going to learn the release date this week. So I am very, very excited about this, but I guess I have to preface this. This is one of my favorite television shows of all time. It's become one of my favorite television shows of all time. And that is Netflix's Stranger Things. Stranger, they have had a teaser already. We have known it's coming for like a year now. Um, apparently there is going to be some sort, they said it wasn't going to be a trailer, but there's going to be some sort of video release. Uh, I think they said actually maybe on the 12th of, of August. So on, on super TV Happy day, Happy birthday to yeah, right? Drew. Happy um, birthday. <laughs> the, we're allowed to use that song now. 
yeah, the the, sh- the show that pretty much gets the I would say blame for all of the the eighties nostalgia stuff, even though it was happening well before twenty sixteen. Uh, Stranger Things, and it encapsulates everything I love. If you listen to our Trunk or Treat when I was talking about loving that kind of kid ensemble genre stuff, this does it, and it does it as how I want to remember some of those things. Yeah, It's it's such a well-written, well-executed show, and I know everyone has their opinions on certain episodes, whatever. I I, I am over the moon about this show. I'm going to remain over the moon about this show, and... Yeah, I I just I can't wait. This is a show that's I mean, people can say whatever they want. This show has gotten 39 Emmy noms and four Golden Globe noms. So like whatever. <laughs> and has created that awesome Winona Ryder pizza gif, which is just fantastic. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, outside of that, the only things I have left on my list that are coming are a couple of shows that you're going to expect. Uh, and then one that is one that I only found out about when I was doing research for this, but I'm really excited about. So of course, Star Trek discovery season four just wrapped filming. They're wrapping filming actually right now. Uh, and, and so that's coming next year. Star Trek strange new worlds. The captain Pike spinoff of Star Trek discovery is going to come out next year too. I think they've are they wrapped filming earlier. Can't wait for that. That's gonna be awesome. And a show that I am now extremely excited about, and I only learned about it recently. It's called Tokyo Vice. Miles, have you heard about Tokyo Vice? I own the book. Welly, welly, well, that is going to make this very interesting because they're adapting that book into an HBO Max original series. I I am so, so excited about that Uh, because the book is awesome. Yeah. So, so to, to cover this, uh, this this the book is a memoir of of a of a person named Jake Adelstein who was an, an American journalist from Missouri who moved to Japan and embedded himself into the the Tokyo crime beat and, and was was mentored by living a, my best life man yeah, <laughs> mentored by a character who is going to be played by Ken Watanabe as they get into the the kind of organized crime scene in Tokyo in the late 1990s. And you tell me finding out that Ansel Egort is playing the the lead character. Like I can easily see that. Yeah. You tell me you've got, you've got Ansel Egort, you've got Ken Watanabe, you've got Yakuza's and you've got 19 late 1990s Japan. This show and it's all on HBO Max, so you know it's they they don't have any restriction on on what they can do. I'm very excited for what this show's going to be, and I only found out about it like today, so I'm excited. <laughs> Had heard they were going to do it, but that was a while ago, so I didn't know. Uh, production's probably, I think, uh, yeah, already over on it. So I'm I'm very very excited, and I believe this is going to be done by Michael Mann. Uh, yeah, yes, My- yeah. Michael Mann is directing the pilot. Which is wild. Yeah, it's awesome. And so COVID did shut down production because they were filming in Japan so that it would have been out this year had they not had COVID troubles. But, you know, everything said COVID troubles. So what are you going to do? Have. uh, Did you you have one more? Uh, I have several more. But if you want to throw one out there. Yeah. uh, So a show that I recently fell in love with over uh, COVID, basically, and have just 
it, it has escalated to like the way some people watch the office or or how i used to watch the it crowd this is easily climbing in those echelons and that's the canadian sitcom letter kenny i know you started uh, watching letter kenny like three weeks ago and it's it has become a lifestyle now uh <laughs> i have indoctrinated uh my girlfriend into it she loves it uh we often use phrases from the show now as part of everyday conversation uh it's a show created by jared kiso um and it is so funny but covid shut production down uh however uh it was picked up for i think season 10 and 11 as well as a spinoff uh, that was all announced in June. I know the writing has been done, but I don't think they've started uh, filming it yet. So we're supposed to be getting like two seasons next year uh, because there are only like six or seven episodes per season or six episodes in a special. And I. I'm very, very excited for that because Letterkenny is legit one of the funniest shows I've been watching, and I really can't even explain it. You just have to sit down and watch it. I'll um, wait for the American version. I'm giving you silence. I, I know what I wanted, I wanted the laugh track. Uh, oh, well. So uh, we did forget one show, Drew, uh, just like uh, Disney Plus hasn't quite dated everything that's supposed to come out this year. Uh, Netflix has done the exact same. And there is a hotly anticipated adaptation coming to Netflix allegedly this fall. And I am talking about the live action adaptation of the monumental Japanese anime Cowboy Bebop. Ah, yes, that was not that. I believe COVID shut that down, but also an injury of injury shut that down more than COVID did because it would have been done before COVID. Yeah, so that and we've only seen little hints. We've seen some cast interviews where they're wearing yeah. costumes. Uh, I, I'm really excited about that. You guys, I, I love John Cho so much. I am so happy to see him like play this character. And when they announce the release date, you may see us cover the anime. Just a little whisper, whisper, whisper. I mean, I've 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 been talking about wanting to go back and rewatch that show because it is absolutely perfect. It is. I, I haven't watched it start to finish in more than a decade, and I would do that again. Yeah, I'm I'm super, super excited. This is um, oh, it. it it's a show that they have to get right. It seems at least through the casting and a lot of the stuff they've been posting that they they're definitely getting that tone. I think they're also going to be using the theme song tank, if I'm not mistaken. So the, I don't know that they're using the theme song tank, but they did get the the uh, they did get the the musical artist back to do the music for the show. OK, well, then Yoko I imagine Kano, they're going to be Yoko Kano is back for the show. And if I, I she feels like the type of person that will not use the same song but we use a very similar song or something that it'll at least have like the the first like 20 seconds yeah that everyone knows yeah yoko kano is is she's a genius (laughs) yes yes she is and she like she's scored so many things that you don't know that she's scored but they've because they all feel very different i know exactly what you're talking about are you sure about that throw it out there macross plus of course she did macross plus she also did turn a gundam listen to her turn a gundam score versus her macross plus score or her cowboy I've actually listened score. To that soundtrack it's very good they, they're uh, very, she also did the music very for, different 
for uh, a jazz-focused anime called Kids in the Slope that's really, really good. She also did the music for Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, which is our 2020 anime. Um, so you have a copy of Kids in the Slope right here. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, no, I, I love her work. Uh, she also, um, I don't want to go down her whole thing, but she, she did do a show called Terror in Residence, which I highly recommend everyone watch. It is excellent. But yes, I am I am so excited for Cowboy Bebop. I I have been hesitant slash do we need this about a live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop as I am for most anime. Yes. But at the same time, if you're going to do it, I still want you to do it well. And it looks like Netflix is is going to do that. Uh, speaking of things, and then this will probably be it for me about wanting something to be good. And I'm. I'm not hmm about it, and I'm not even cynical about it. I am just respectfully concerned because I love it so much. Everything that I have seen from the production looks amazing. The bits of the the set they've seen looks stunning, but it is something that has been so important to to me as a reader, as a fan of fiction, and especially as a young comic book reader because it expanded my mind past superheroes. And that is Netflix's adaptation of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. Mm. And I know that they are basically going to do, I think, Preludes and Nocturnes. They're just shifting when Morpheus kind of comes into the now from the 90s to 2021 which is fine. Uh, I believe they've finished filming, but I, I'm, I'm assuming they're still working on it. I don't think we see this, this show before spring of next year. Uh, you know, they, I haven't seen, I didn't even know they were filming it, to be honest. So, Oh no, fil- filming began in October of 2020. Didn't catch that. Unfortunately. Oof. But again, yeah, um, they, so started, much they started shooting in late 2020, and I think they were expected to finish in June. I don't know much else. There was a um, a Netflix presentation to think during Comic Con where the uh, the Geek Netflix account uh, put out a series of videos, and they had Neil Gaiman talking about it with some of the actors who are playing roles in the the film, and they had Gaiman visiting the set, um, and so you get to see like. The little bits and pieces of the dreaming and Morpheus's uh, home and stuff. And it's very, very, very cool. But I mean, this is something that they've been trying to develop for literally 30 years. So I'm <sighs> fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so I, I want to round this out with a couple of things that have no that have not started filming that as far as i know are still in pre pre pre-production despite the fact that they should be in production by now and then end it with one that i know is in production but has been whisper quiet about any release date so uh barry season three where are you barry where are you? You know what's so funny? I was Bill trying Hader. to remember that at the beginning of the show, and I had since forgotten since we've talked about it so much. Barry, um, Barry as a show, it's it's uh, HBO series starring uh, Bill Hader as Barry. Uh, season one and season two, both fantastic. Season two's ending is just 
oh man, what are they going to do? And it turns out nothing because <laughs> they haven't done anything for two years now. Uh, but I know they're still probably working on it in some capacity because pandemics happened and all of this sort of stuff. I just I need to see season three of Barry. Uh, so where is that? I want to know. Uh, uh, second is Gotham Central, the series that is supposed to to be the prequel series to the Batman, the next Batman movie, which is airing on uh, which is supposed to air on HBO Max at some point. Um, have not. Are heard they calling it? I don't know if they're calling it Gotham Central there, but it is going to be that it's going to be based in the Gotham, the Gotham. PD. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I know they were considering Gotham Central, but I didn't know if they had set, settled on that one. Yeah, like, again, hide nor hair unknown. Yeah. Uh, another side uh, side effect of that, the the Dune many of the Dune TV series that is going to focus on the. Uh, oh, Lord, the sisters of the something. The sisters, yeah uh do, what are the sisters of something in dune there's too many people in dune i can't remember anything right now because we've talked about 400 tv shows today um it's a uh paul atreides mother the bene Gesserit. ah oh, that's the one huh worn out thinking about all the the terminology in that series so that's supposed to happen at some point i don't know uh so another show that is in like pre 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 production i don't even know how much they've written yet that i cannot wait to see star wars the acolyte which could be two and a half years three years from now which is supposed to be the uh the series that is one of the in the final moments of the high republic which is I'll be honest, I'm reading the second main High Republic book right now, and I'm way into it. Um, but we will see what that is like as it covers what is going on with the Sith during this time. And last but not least, Miles, a series that I know they're filming. That has in the, in between when the last season happened and this season, two main members of the cast have gotten married, legally separated, gotten back together, and divorced. <laughs> the Orville Season 3. I need that show. It is fantastic. I love the Orville. I'm sad that all of this drama behind the scenes is happening with the Orville, but... I cannot wait for that show to come out. I know they're filming. I don't know if they've wrapped filming. And even if they've wrapped, who knows if this is even going to be the last season or not. And that's the thing that we just don't know anything about, because this could very easily be the last season of this show. That's so fantastic. Or I, I, I would not be surprised, sadly, sadly, because uh, this was a passion project for for Seth MacFarlane. But so much has gone on that I just don't know. Uh, so that is going to wrap up our, our speculation on TV, man. Whew. We talked a long time about this stuff. Miles next week, you want to talk gaming or you want to talk about movies? I'm down to talk about some video games, video games, video Hagos. 
So that is what we're going to do next week. Uh, this is going to be another speculation episode. This might be a little shorter because games are harder to make and are coming out in increasingly farther and farther back release dates. So this could be a 15 minute episode next week. I don't know. We'll it see. Might be. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Uh, but that is going to wrap this episode about television up. Luckily, television is still all over the place. Uh, but in the meantime, if you would like to reach out to us, tell us what you're excited about. You can find us at facebook.com slash the more you nerd and tweet to us at the more you nerd. You can go to the more you nerd.com and find our entire backlog of 10 years of content. And of course, you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com. You can also find us at themoreyounerd.threadless.com for some sweet, sweet swag uh, yeah. for, for some cool stuff. And we have some couple of fire irons in the fire for some new stuff if you want to check that out. Uh, so with that said, that is where we're going to end this show today. Miles, it's been a pleasure as we sign off for this broadcast day with a rousing... Nerd, Nerd out. out.